This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Apollo with the entire team. That's right. Every single member of the Talking Halos team. The band is back together. The old and the young. The, what were they called? What'd you call us? What'd you call us geezers. there, Jared? The geezers and the young bucks. Well, making us feel old or what? Because you guys couldn't <laughs> handle a podcast by yourselves when we were gone? Come on now. Seriously. Can, whole can, you tur- can you turn up the volume, Derek? I can barely hear you. <laughs> I can't tell that sarcasm either. <laughs> <laughs> it is sarcasm. He's making a geezer joke. Oh, okay. Well, hey, you You're never loud. know these days. You never know because the way these microphones hit sometimes, I have to go back and fix my volume, fix you guys' volumes. You never know. I couldn't tell. So... I'm like Sheldon from Big I don't Bang. Usually talk like this, Derek. So that's <laughs> how they picked up on that sarcasm. That sarcasm. I don't know. I, I, just, I, I, I don't know where I went with that. I, I don't know where you went with that. I, I just heard when when they did the podcast. I just heard monotonous, monotony. What's the word? Was it one tone? I just went to sleep. <laughs> we had to roast you guys a little bit, right? We had to roast you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we you, we we earned it. We called you guys geezers, so we got a little something back. Uh, it's all right. Something, something. But hey, we're actually here. All joking aside, it is glad to have the whole team back together for a nice Sunday afternoon podcast. This will probably be out on Monday night. Hopefully, by then the trades are finally moving. Uh, Jared was just telling us that it was uh, starting to move here as we're getting on the air. We want to look at these trades that um, at what was going on leading up to today and. I just put out the podcast late last night that had all three of these teams represented for our tour in the league and the state of their teams and so on and so forth. And then, man, what a last, geez, 72 hours in baseball watching this train wreck of a issue go down. And, Jared, I'm going to start with you first, man. How you doing? How was your week? It's, it's not going too bad. You know, it's, uh, it's a normal week, a lot of baseball going on right now for me college-wise and you know, I just I want this trade to go through. You know, it's been uh, like you said, it's been kind of a hectic, you know, seventy-two hours or so, and just let's just let's get this going, and uh, we're one day closer to spring trading. You know, and just by the way, I have one more thing to ask you for the week. How was all the roastings you took from the last time you were on the show? <laughs> Fantastic! I I love getting roasted. It, it's it's my favorite <laughs> thing. My gosh, <laughs> people were. Laying it out like we all were saying, making that case you made. Like we we were all saying, no, 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 no. John and I were like, no, 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 no. David Fletcher, no. Are you talking about the whole Fletcher argument? The whole yes, Fletcher yeah. argument, yes, yes. Fletcher, Lestella. I actually did have someone um, come on my feed and, and have a discussion with me about Lestella. It was much more respectful, though. It wasn't like a, a roasting. But uh, 
There we go. Brock, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just same thing as Jared said. I'm eager to see this trade go through. I'm eager to have spring training start and I'm ready to go. Ready. And John, how you doing? Hey, I was at the Big A last night. Monster Jam again. I've gone twice this year. It's incredible. It really Uh, seems like you're there every day. (laughs) I'm serious. I've I've only gone three times. The first time last year. And then this year, uh, uh, you know, I won some tickets last week. So uh, again, it's. Yes, yeah, yeah. How yeah. the heck do you win tickets? Derek, like, you, all you ever do Derek, is win tickets, man. How do you do this? Derek, I, that's my hobby. That is my, I go to work, I do a podcast, and I win stuff on the radio. That's my, that's my, <laughs> my, my, uh, my hobby that most people know about me. Just picked up a $500 gift card last week that I won on the radio. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I, I, we could do a two-hour podcast on everything I've won on the radio. No, no, we need to do a special podcast on how to win things on the radio. Be be our Jedi Master here and teach the Padawans how to make this happen because winning stuff on the radio is a lot of fun. Well, Roger Lodge is the voice of uh, Angels Radio, and he's the only actual live local show on the – and uh, anyways, he also graduated from Cerritos High School where I graduated from. And he graduated a few years before me, and he's a big uh, high school honk. And uh, so whenever I call in, he just said, hey, uh, this segment, I'm going to pick the best caller. And I just call in and sing the alma mater with him, and he picks me, of course. He, he gets excited when I tell him I know the alma mater. Sadly, the only way I learned the alma mater was listening to his show. I didn't know it when I was in high school. I wasn't a real active high school guy. So That can't be the only way you win all this stuff, man. No, no, that's just that's just angel stuff. No, no, the other stuff is is yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's personality. You got to play it. You got to play it's personality. Personality. And I have a lot of I have a lot of knowledge about women and girls because I live with them, and I play that for uh, I win a lot of things with that too. A lot of knowledge of women and girls. Yeah, I don't know. Like Uh, you wouldn't know by half your Facebook posts, though. Pardon? You wouldn't know by half your Facebook posts, though. About what? I mean, like you being banished to the back seat of the car. Oh yeah, no, while your I daughter get respect from a lot of women <laughs> and girls. I just said I have a lot of knowledge. Of their life. <laughs> yeah, that's my daughter. My daughter who just got her appendix taken out on Super Bowl Sunday. That's where I spent my Super Bowl Sunday watching it in the in the in the medical waiting room. And uh, on the way home, we had two cars because my wife had gone there earlier. And my daughter said, asked if my other daughter would drive home and that I would ride in the back because she thought I would be too rough for her with her stitches and her uh, recent surgery. Yeah, you're yeah. banished. Story of my life. You're banished. As, and I'm feeling now, too, I am the only male in my household. So I'm, this is what's going to happen to me. I'm going to be 50 years old and banished in the back seat. Exactly. They send you out of the room when when the Kardashians are on or something because because oh, you know I make I, I I can't go more than thirty seconds without making a comment. So I'm told like, okay, you need to get out of here. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. So there's the entire get together. The the entire opening segment here. We do want to thank you always for tuning in. We really appreciate how much you become a part of our family here at Talking Halos. She's almost been a year. It's almost been a year, 10 months now since we started this whole podcast. We really appreciate it. We do have a contest going. That's right. It's still going. We're getting closer and closer to drawing a winner of the opening day tickets. This is how it works. Head over to Apple Music. Leave a five-star review to help us move up the charts. It's got to be written, though. You just can't click the five-star button, okay? Take a screenshot of your written five-star review. And send it to us at talkinghills.gmail.com and it'll enter you into the contest. We'll also we'll air your feedback on the show. I do always want to say this though. If you feel like we don't deserve that five star review, we don't want that to be artificial. We're trying to encourage people to leave feedback based on an actual belief that we're doing a good job. If you don't believe we're there yet, please let us know. Send us an email. I know some people will leave very mean messages for us. We should have our own mean tweets version of Apple Music feedback. Um, but if you don't, if you want us to actually keep growing and, and you want to keep us, you know, get us better with that, I should leave in that negative feedback. 
Send us an email. We rarely ever get one. We actually, we've never gotten one that's negative. At least not via email. Maybe one or two on Twitter. But they're usually cussing John out. I'm not sure why. I don't show John. I don't want to hurt his feelings. Anyways, also, for a new listener, if you're a new listener and you are enjoying the show, please do us a favor. Text a fellow Angels fan. Let them know about our podcast. It would mean the world to us. And as always, thank you for trusting us to at least take up a little bit of your week whenever we are on the show. All right, so first things first. Jared, you usually have all this information on lockdown, so I'm going to ask you to break down uh, the original trades as they were, okay? Like what happened, and then what broke it down, and whose fault it was. Because that's been the big debate. I know I got how many talking Halo's tag yesterday was having this debate because I feel it's not the Twins' fault. I mean, some people, some angels were blaming the Twins. I don't blame the Twins. Uh, some people out there blame the Red Sox. Uh, just break it down for us. Jared, what were these trades? All right, so the Dodgers were going to get Mookie Betts and David Price, and I believe at first it was going to be um, Gratterall um, as well. And then the Dodgers were going to send Kenta Maeda to the Twins, uh, and they were also going to send... Uh, Alex Verdugo to the Red Sox, uh, and, and the Twins were obviously going to send back um, Gratterall. So that was that. That was the first part of that that trade. That obviously didn't happen. It hasn't happened yet, of course. Um, and it's it's one of those things where it's you said it. You said it well. It's it's nobody's fault. You know, it's it, people. Somebody in the Red Sox system or. Somebody in the twin system, or you know, even somebody in the Dodger system, might not have liked what they saw on the physical for Gratterall, and you know, it, it just kind of fell apart. That stuff, that stuff happens. You know, it, it's one of those things where until a team sees exactly what happened, you know, it it it, uh, it doesn't you know it, it doesn't mean it's going to be there. So. It's tough to put blame on anybody for that, but uh, but it seems like right now we're we're headed towards the trade again. I don't know, you know, it could happen today, it could happen tomorrow, it could happen a week from now, you know. But it would have been a very unfortunate situation if we would have had the I believe it was the Padres and the Marlins who made a trade. Um, was it two two years ago? Maybe I can't remember who the players were, um, but they had to like kind of completely recall of the trade because AJ Preller, I believe didn't include some type of medical history and it ended up hurting or maybe might not have been that it could have been, you know, a clause in the trade where the, the Marlins sent back a player, you know, that, or maybe it was the Rays. I forgot who it was, but, but that did happen. And it would have been a horrible thing for that to happen, especially a trade of this magnitude, you know, to be completely, you know, done and in the books. And it basically was, I mean, the reports were that this trade was, you know, official and everything happened and then it, it did fall apart, you know, but um, on to the angel side of the trade, which I love this trade. It's a fantastic trade for the angels. And it would have been Luis Renifo, uh, I don't have any confirmation on who it, you know, an, another process, the other prospect or prospects would have been. I, I heard one, I heard two prospects. Um, we'll find that out when it completely happens, and you know, we'll find out who the other name was. But it was Angels are sending Luis Renifo and a prospect or two to the Dodgers for Jock Peterson, Ross Stripling, and Andy Pajes. That is how we say it. It's Pajes. And uh, I I really like that trade for the Angels a lot. You know, it was Angels get a the right field the right fielder that they needed, or you know, a first baseman in Jock. They get a starting pitcher or a reliever in Ross Ross Stripling, depending on how you really want to look at it. And they got Angels got in some people's minds a a top five prospect in the Angels system that that jumps into the Angels system in Andy Paez. And you know, it was a, it was it's it's a fantastic looking trade, and hopefully. As long as the Dodgers get Mookie Betts, the Angels trade will go through. You know, as long as, long as that happens, it, it goes through. The Dodgers need to clear salary room. They need to clear roster spots. And, you know, it seems to be a good way that the Angels are going with this trade. Anybody want to jump in there before I jump in? Because you know I'm chomping the bit. 
I just think that this uh, is. No. I think. No, I just think that this was uh, would have been a perfect cap to what you, you know. Sure, we didn't get the big guys, but this has been an extremely successful off season. I think for the Angels, uh, as far as making them a dramatically better team. Jock Peterson for Cole Calhoun, salary wise, huge difference. Again, I, I mentioned. We in the last podcast we did it. I was talking about the abundance of infielders we had and the abundance of outfielders. I know you like the backups and stuff, but um, I was worried about getting uh, Jared's man Fletcher some time. And uh, so I, I think this would have been an and I and I still hope it's going to remain to be a, a cap to a a very productive off season. Brock. Uh, no, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this off season. I, I feel like adding Rendon, that's six, that's six wins. I really, really do like the trade, uh, just like John mentioned with the, the influx of infielders that we have. I didn't really find a spot for Renjifo for 2020. I really do like Renjifo and I'm kind of sad we're going to be getting rid of him and, and the years of control. Um, but at the end of the day, when you weigh out what we're getting for what we're giving away, and what it does specifically for our team right now, I feel like it was probably the best the best option for us, especially when you add Stripling. I would have been happy with uh, straight-up Renhifo Peterson, I feel like I would have been okay with that. But as soon as you add Stripling to the deal, that just makes it that much better when you add that depth to the starting rotation or the bullpen. And, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything negative to say about the trade, and I just hope that nothing last minute falls through. And our 2020 projected lineup is is phenomenal. And WAR projected wise per uh, FanGraphs, it has the second best offense in baseball. And obviously, that's you know for change. That's it might change just due to health and injuries and and you know not meeting expectations. But having second best projected offense behind the Astros is pretty solid. Having fourth best projected WAR out of all the teams for having like i think it's like the 18th worst war for pitching in total is pretty solid and uh if we can somehow manage to pull off a trade at the all-star break for another starting pitcher then uh we're looking we're looking good this year we're already projected for 93 wins and uh that that could change three three or four wins less three or four wins more just depending on stuff and i'm excited i think it was a great off season for what we what we thought it might have turned out to be, it turned out to be pretty good. I'm going to back up a little bit. I get you guys are thinking wider range in terms of the Angels. The trade bothered me, not with the Angels. Renhifo going kneels me a little bit because you just moved Will Wilson. Uh, it means you are kind of locking in, keeping Simmons, I think. They're going to have to try and find a way to keep him because there's nobody that's in the system right now that would replace him. If you know, Renhifo to me was always an option in terms of being on the table. We, we've had that debate. Now we know Simmons is saying. But Jared, I have to take a little bit of disagreement here with you on fault. I'm saying there was fault. There, were, there was the argument yesterday on Twitter was Red Sox twins. Uh, most people will say this is mostly a Red Sox thing. Some did argue this is all the twins or somewhat the twins. And I'm saying it's no, it's not. If all this stuff falls apart. Some it, it breaks down somewhere, but you already had these deals agreed to. They were already pretty much on their way through. You're just waiting for the last medicals, and then we see it fall apart. And there's only one team who really benefits from it falling apart in that trade, and that's the Red Sox because of whose records were exposed, whose records were leaked. And I have a problem with that. I have a, real, I have a pretty big problem with the Boston Red Sox holding up the transactions and moves of three other teams minimum that are involved in this whole process. And that bothers me. It really bothers me. In, a, in, a, in an offseason where we've seen a bunch of garbage go on, especially with the Astros, it, more news this week coming out about the Astros, by the way. I, I just, that bothered me. I mean, did anybody else kind of see that? I mean, I know Jared, you 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 took a different approach. Brock, John, yeah, it's definitely frustrating. I like you said, I think there is somebody at fault, and there has been some takes on on Twitter that I've seen that it may have been something that the Red Sox felt that they needed to reconfigure so their fan base wasn't as frustrated as they were, just kind of 
dumping bets and and price. So I could definitely see that being being something that the Red Sox would have. They, they're the only one with really a motive to try to last minute switch up this trade to where it doesn't look so bad on them. They're the only one with that motive. Everybody else in this in this trade that's involved. The, the Twins, the Dodgers, and the Angels. I mean, the Angels aren't part of the deal, but our deal's contingent on their deal. Nobody else has a motive to try to make this deal fall apart except the Red Sox because of the negative uh, blowback that they got from their fan base due to the salary dump because I would be too. You know, if the Angels just one day woke up and said, you know what, we don't want to pay Trout, we're over it. Uh, we don't want to extend him. We don't want to give him the money that he's actually worth. So uh, we're just going to trade him and, and dump our salary to go below the t- uh, luxury tax. I'd be pissed. So I 100% understand where the Red Sox fans are coming from, and and I do think the Red Sox are at fault for sure. I think the only they're the only one with the motive to try to make this deal fall apart to be reconfigured in a way that they don't look so bad at the end of the day. Sean. Well, on a different angle, I was just the whole situation with Jock Peterson, how he was in, uh, I know the players union was upset about that because he was, had an arbitration hearing, but he was, he was in the middle of a pending trade. So who's team, I, I guess, you know, the angels couldn't really present a case. And, uh, so that, that was a little frustrating to hold up on that since he was kind of in flux on teams and actually had on the day that he had an arbitration hearing. Um, so I, I understand that side, but as far as the blame game goes, I, I really I don't care. I just I just want I just want us to get who we get. Jared, come back to you now because uh, I worked off what you were saying first. On a different tangent, uh, I mean, when you're looking at Simmons in the long run, and I'll get back to it. But if you're looking at Simmons in the long run, uh, next year's free agents: Didi Gregorius, Marcus Simeon, Simmons, of course, and Nick Ahmed. Uh, highlight shortstop, so that that's always an option. Not saying that the Angels will go pick up a free agent, but you know, just thinking of twenty twenty one. But but yeah, you know, it's it's tough. I haven't I I haven't really read up on it all that much. You know, it for me, it's kind of a he said he said she said type of thing. Um, in in a sense, you know, like I I get it. You know, I, I didn't I didn't like you know what I I I did like what. The Red Sox were getting in exchange for it. You know, you're giving away a, a year of Mookie Betts and and David Price, who hasn't been very good for you when you're killing that contract, basically. And you're getting the star and or a star in the making and Alex Verdugo and um, Gratterall, who's, in my opinion, could probably be a starter if people like him in the bullpen. It is what it is. You know, if the Red Sox got the backlash for that. You know, again, it, it is what it is. I, I'm not a fan of that happening, especially with all the reports that came out beforehand and then all of a sudden saying, you know, we're not doing this trade type of thing. And now we're hearing that, you know, it's going to get done individually. But, you know, at the end of the day, as long as it gets done, it, it I'm happy with it. You know, it unfortunately, it didn't happen on the day that it should have and when it got all reported and all that stuff. But... You know, at the end of the day, as long as it gets done, it gets done, and I'm cool with it. But what if it doesn't get done? And they've been playing this game then, for three days, you know? Exactly. Then we're, then we're going to have an issue, and, you know, I, I don't think it... That's when you start getting into the Players Association, and, you you, you know, something has to be done where, you know, that <laughs> the trade has to... I mean, MLB almost has to step in and say, hey, you know, this, this needs to get done, uh, especially after, you know, what have we been waiting for, three days now? four days now and you know the players i'm sure man the players might have already bought homes in la for all we know i mean heck you know so it's it's kind of one of those things and it's it's a tough situation for the players and you know it it wouldn't surprise me if eventually you know if if trades don't go through that mlb does step in you know or something happens because i mean we've heard you know Artie moreno wasn't happy and Tony Clark wasn't happy, and there were a lot of people unhappy, and I mean, we're talking about this now, so clearly a lot of people are unhappy about this situation, but, you know, if it, if it doesn't go through, I would I would assume that in some way or another, Artie Moreno, or not Artie Moreno, MLB steps in and, you know, finds a way to get something done, because, you know, it, I, I, I don't know, we, we don't know, we don't know what was said, we don't know what was seen in the physicals, you know, I, I mean... You kind of just got to play stupid in a sense here and hope that, you know, I, 
I don't, I, I don't know. You know, it's, it, it, it's a tough situation. You know, we just don't know everything that's happening behind the scenes, unfortunately. You don't know everything, but I just want to point this out because there are a couple of things we do know. All right. It's not like Gratterall's this new prospect. Okay. He had Tommy John surgery. He had shoulder injury last year, but he last pitched in September. He was, he pitched in September. You mean to tell me that the Red Sox didn't know what they were getting? I mean, all of a sudden, they just changed their mind. They didn't know through scouting, through looking at film, and so on and so forth, that they didn't know there's some risk inherent that comes with a guy who throws 102 miles an hour and has had Tommy John before. This is what I'm not buying. Do we really think it's because this this tray is getting held up? Not you, Jared, by the way. I'm not I'm just saying overall, some of those folks are making this argument, that it's just about this this fifth pitcher. That's a point that somebody made. I retweeted the tweet that's really about, it was a Dodger guy actually made the point. Do we really think it's about this fifth guy in a trade that it's being held up? No, this is the Red Sox who are reacting to the fact that their fans are ticked off that they're basically giving away their Mike Trout for very little. I mean, think about it. Verdugo's a nice move. John, you mentioned that, but if a deal like that was made by Billy Epler to ship Trout out of here, and that's the haul we got back, how would you guys feel about that? I'd be living. That's. I, I just think it's ridiculous when you see posts on Twitter and you know, people saying trade. I don't think I've heard it recently, but yeah, you don't trade Mike Trout. You sign Mike Trout. That's why even you know signing him to his big contract. It was no surprise to me. Artie Moreno's too. You know, people want to say Artie Moreno's cheap, which is again proven ridiculous and ridiculous and ridiculous this year. But you don't let that person go. You get no matter what happens. No matter if it's if I think even if it ultimately hurts your team. You don't let a, a generational player like Trout go, and I think Betts is. You know, I mean, he's not he's not Trout, but he is an MVP. And but the Red Sox also have the luxury of having a couple World Series titles under their under their belt. Maybe that's they're not going to for a while, though. Well, yeah, after they trade Betts, yeah. Well, the- not even. I mean, they've they, their farm system cleared out. They've. Basically exhausted everything they had coming up to get to that point. They know they got some talent there, but nothing that's going to take them back to a title right away. That's why they have to get back on the luxury tax. And John, what you're saying though, I, I mentioned this before in the podcast. I wrote an article last year making the case to trade Mike Trout. I made that I knew, case. I knew it was somebody out there that it was me, this but, crazy article. I don't know. But, I thought but, maybe it was Jared with uh, including no. David Fletcher in that trade. <laughs> listen, listen. Before I get haters coming at me, okay, listen. I made that argument under a very logical stance. If you were not going to get Trout back, and you are a team like, say, the Angels, who needs to finally get off this night here and actually start winning some baseball and your farm system isn't a great place, yeah, you have to make that trade. If, if you are that sure you're not going to sign him, that's, that was basically my argument, and you have to do it. I wanted to do it last year. And then, what, two weeks later, after I wrote that article, he signed. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. Outstanding. Now, now you're built around him. So I couldn't have been more happy to have been wrong on that because the feeling was for me, they weren't going to resign him. And if that's the case, you got to trade him. And I understand what the Red Sox are doing. The Red Sox are saying, listen, he is clear. Mookie Betts is clear. If you listen to our last show with Jake Devereaux on there, the Red Sox understood it as Mookie Betts is not going to resign this year. He's going to free agency. He wants to go look around. And if that's the case, they can't risk letting this guy go for nothing. But they might as well have been close to nothing. Jared, you mentioned Verdugo. That's a nice guy, but that's a nice but for bets, you gotta get more than that. And that's what I think the Red Sox realize. We're taking too much heat here. Our fans are ticked off. We gotta put the brakes on this somehow. So let's go oh, we can you know, this guy he's got a little bit of red flag on his record. Let's go ahead and just use that as an excuse. I think we're rehashing an argument we had last year, but I never for one second have ever gotten the impression that Mike Trout didn't want to remain an angel or that the angels wouldn't be willing to sign him for whatever it took to sign him. I know. I, what about you, Jared and Brock? 
I don't That's, even remember. I, I'm sure Brock wasn't on this on the show, but I, I know Jared might have well, been. Hold on, John, John. Before you even go there, just, I just want to clarify for you guys before you move on to that. What I was saying though is that's our closest parallel. Is that I was making the argument to trade him if the Angels felt like they couldn't get him. Now I didn't know whether or not they felt like they could or couldn't. I didn't know whether or not they were. I my feeling was he wasn't. But that you know, I'm glad that feeling was wrong. Does that clarify yeah. a little bit? I'm just I saying I, at the time I didn't know. That makes sense. With the Red Sox, they knew Mookie Betts wanted to go free agency. Yeah, I think I think it's just kind of feel where where the team and the ownership is is at with a certain player. If I don't understand why the Red Sox weren't willing to put forth the money that Betts was asking for, you know, I don't think ten and three hundred for him is is what he's worth. I don't think that he should have a hundred twenty six million dollar gap to Trout. I think he should probably be the closest to Trout out of anybody in baseball. So I don't know why a, a multi billion dollar corporation such as the Red Sox wouldn't be willing to put forth the money for the probably one of the best players they've ever had in Boston in the history of the Red Sox. Uh, but with the Angels and Trout, obviously they had the feeling that they were going to be able to re-sign him, and he liked it here, and they were willing to put forth the money, so they, they stuck it out, and they didn't even, you know, I never heard when from them themselves that they were even contemplating trading him. It was always just us kind of, what's going to happen? Do they think he's going to sign back kind of thing? So, like Derek's talking about, I think it's just the feel that the ownership gets of whether they think the player's going to want to stay or for what the teams want to offer, and then they'll start venturing out for for other options thereafter. But it, it sucks that Betts had to leave, but I, I agree with Derek on this one. Jared? Back to your trout point. I think I actually was a guest, uh, and we talked about this situation. You made the point. You know, you, If you're not going to be able to re-sign him, you got to trade him and you know, I, I disagreed with you. Oh, well, I, I disagreed with you in a point where saying that I think the angels were still going to extend trout. I don't think, I didn't think there was any way they weren't going to extend them and end up happening. So, but besides the point, you know, I, I, I agree. It, it's a tough situation to be in regardless of what you are. It's a tough situation to be a fan. It's a tough situation. I mean, it, it, it's really hard for brand new GM. Like I think his name is chain bloom. I believe is how you say it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, a completely difficult situation for him to be in right now. And having Mookie Betts, the second best player in baseball on, in your organization, knowing he's not coming back and, you know, having to cut down on your salary, having to cut down. I mean, there's, it, it, it's, it's a, such a difficult situation for him to be in. And if you want to look at the bright side, you know, you just killed a whole bunch of salary with getting rid of, um, $27 million in bets. Granted, that's completely worth Mookie Betts. He's, like I said, the best, second best player in baseball, and he's going to be unbelievable with the Dodgers. If that, if and when that trade ever happens or wherever he goes, he's going to be unbelievable. Um, getting rid of David Price's salary is huge for them. You know, Getting a big prospect in Alex Verdugo back and possibly some more pieces, depending on who the Dodgers or Twins or whoever Betts goes to and Price goes to get. You know, it, it's, it's huge for them, and you know, I personally, I absolutely, you know, I'm not a big Don, uh, Dombrowski fan who was the GM there before he kills farm systems. All he does is, is comes out and gets, you know, one or two years of winning. Granted, they did exactly what they wanted to do, which was win a World Series. And, you know, it, it's just one of those things. You know, the goal is to win a World Series, and that is what they did, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, horrible tough situation for you know the red sox fans are going to hate it you know it's it's almost like in a sense trading away babe ruth again you know i not to that magnitude of course i mean mookie Betts is not babe ruth but i mean it, it's pretty dang close to that and it's unfortunate that they couldn't resign him but you know to get a piece or pieces back like verdugo and such is fairly big one thing i'll add that i like too is that we're playing boston six times this year and uh, that's going to be nice to try to have uh, try to add six more wins potentially. A little double sweep action when not having to face Mookie Betts anymore. So that's nice. And to your point, Jared, and that's exactly was my whole point last year was it, my, trading Mike Trout is the equivalent to trading Babe Ruth. I mean, to not signing Mike Trout is the equivalent to tra- is the the Ruth equivalent, and. 
you and I and old old and young, we all know that the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth. That's common knowledge still how many years later. So I, I just had no doubt that that I, I, I guess I maybe if I had any doubts that Trout would want to re-sign with us, but I had no doubt that Artie Moreno would, would do whatever it took to sign Trout. Well, when it comes to Trout, though, I mean, one, the, the Ruth trade was in a different era, and Ruth was just so much above everybody else, even to the point where teams weren't even trying to rebuild right, like teams do today. Well, tell you, you'll trade a star to try and, and fill up that farm system, and that wasn't necessarily the case back then. If you could trade a trout, or in this case a bet, and reload those deficits in the system with, with prospects that will work for you, in that situation where if they had a feeling he wasn't going to resign, then you got to go for it. you got to do it. And then maybe you jump back into it when he's a free agent if he, if he wanted to come back. If I'm the Red Sox, I'm still going to go out there and try and bring bets back after the season. I'm going to try and lure them back. But... You have to move the guy. You have to move bets. You, if you can't get it, you can't be left with nothing. That's what I'm trying to say. In today's world where it's common practice to follow the Houston Astros method of selling everybody off, reload, start fresh, and try again, you can't be left behind. You can't be left with nothing anymore. You just can't. If you are, then... You're hurting your franchise long term. I'm glad that that's not what happened. I'm glad that the Angels were able to work out something with Trout. And it stinks, I think, for the Red Sox. But nonetheless, if I'm Mookie Betts and I'm seeing how they've handled the whole thing, why would I want to be there anyways? Just want to point that out. I mean, it just wasn't professionally done at all. They should have been asking the Dodgers for more from the get go. When this when the trade talks between the Dodgers and the Red Sox got going about bets. That's when it should have been clear. And to me, if you're the GM and the Red Sox, you should know exactly what you want for, as Jared said, the second best player in the game. It shouldn't be JD is probably going to opt out too now. Honestly, seeing how the Red Sox handled this whole situation, he's 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 probably looking towards an opt out at the end of the season as well. I mean, if if you can, the very least, go out there and get some money out of it. You know. Yeah. All right, guys. Any final thoughts before we move on? JD's also uh, he might opt out too because National League is most likely going to have DH next year too, so he'll automatically have fifteen more teams in on him. Jared, I got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing, and John. Make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> we Always need this. We the Angels need this. This is going to be a bit. Uh, it's going to be a big win for us. All right, so there you go, folks. There, there's our whole, if you could follow that discussion, went a lot of different ways, and I didn't expect to bring to see Mike Trout, Brian. A good job there, John. But we all look for a sponsor for the new season that's coming up. You can reach out to us at talkinghalos at gmail.com if you like what we're doing. You want to help keep the lights on here. You know, help keep John in a safe place when he's surrounded by all the estrogen in his household. You can also do a voicemail at 657-665-453. Get it at 657-665-453. Okay, moving on. We do want to get a different perspective of this. So without further ado, here's our discussion with Jeff Snyder about the trade. He's from Locked On Dodgers. Here it is. All right, folks. Here's Jeff Snyder from Locked On Dodgers, one of our regulars for the show, the top of the Dodgers. And just now, as we're getting this recording, we, our podcast has kind of been broken up today. As we've been, been getting the guys on to record, we're finding now, according to Ken Rosenthal, just a couple minutes ago, the Angels and Dodgers trade is off. I guess we can go there first. Say what? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh. Crazy news! Like literally, you and I were about to hit record, and Ken Rosenthal tweets out, "No trade, no deal between Dodgers and Angels." Sources tell the Athletic, "We have no more details than that right now." And so, uh, but it seems like, uh, I mean, he doesn't specifically say there's not going to be a deal, but I mean, considering they had a deal agreed on and now they don't, seems like a bad sign for it. Macy wonder. Macy wonder. To me, there's if it's if it's something that's broken down the Angels side, I have to think it's the Dodgers came back and asked for 
prospects that were not guys the Angels wanted to let go. And we've heard various names come across in the last few days. For the trade itself, just for those who are tuned in, Jock Peterson, Ross Stripling, and was it Andy Pajes? Um, Andy Page, yeah. yeah. Pajes, Pages, whatever it is. Um, going to the Angels, he was the number eight, sorry, 23, would have been, would have been number eight on our side, uh, prospect for the Dodgers coming in this year. And the Angels were supposed to send over one of our one of guys we like, Luis Rinjifo, and prospects was reported on our side that it wasn't anybody major in terms of our top tier. And that's where I would think if the Angels pulled out, the Dodgers decided they wanted somebody that wasn't originally agreed to. Dodgers-wise, though, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, I've been trying to think, okay, with the the changes that happened to the you know, Dodgers Red Sox trade and then the Dodgers Twins trade that ended up being two separate trades. Um, you know, I was trying to think if there was anything specific in there that that, that might change this. Um, I mean, the Dodgers gave up Cheater Downs and Connor Wong in the Red Sox trade, who they hadn't been planning on giving up. Um, but none of them, it, neither of those guys would seem to impact this return for the Angels. So I don't know... Yeah, it's really hard. I don't know. And maybe it's obviously I look at everything everything through Dodger blue-colored glasses. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to see the Dodgers kind of pulling the same shenanigans on the Angels that the Red Sox just pulled on the Dodgers, having been the victim of it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I was telling you before we started recording, it was always – hard for me to evaluate this trade what it was going to be because we never really heard any for sure names on who the one or two prospects besides Renhefa were going to be going from the Angels to the Dodgers. I mean, it's possible that maybe, you know, because the Dodgers got back uh, a guy whose name I can't remember now from the Twins, a guy who they had actually traded to the Twins in the Brian Dozier trade a couple years ago, uh, Fraley, Luke Raley is his name. Mm I mean, it's possible that with Rayleigh, they felt like they maybe he filled a need that one of the Angels' prospects was going to fill. And so, I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, obviously it wouldn't be the same exact kind of shenanigans that the Red Sox pulled because the Red Sox basically just, uh, we got we got bad public <laughs> opinion on our trades, so we're going to pretend to have an issue with Gretarol's physical. You know, th- this could be, a case of the Dodgers filled a hole that one of these Angels prospects was going to fill, and so they wanted to do something different, and the Angels didn't. I don't know. It, it's really weird that this is happening right now. Well, the Angels had now are top-heavy with, with outfielder prospects compared to infielders now that Renhevo was supposed to go over there. I, I would think something's going to happen, though. I mean, you've kind of already ticked off I would think Jock Peterson with the whole trade to begin with, and he loses arbitration, and the way it went down before he goes. I got to think that these two teams aren't done talking. Or, you know, what if the Angels or the Dodgers got a better offer while this is all waiting? Yeah, that's possible, too. If another team said, wait, Jock, Jock Peterson's available or Luis Renhevo's available, you know, that could definitely have happened. Uh, one other thought that I hadn't thought of that I'm just seeing that uh, Eric Steven, Dodgers blogger, tweeted out um, is that the Dodgers, with the guys they're bringing in and the guys going out in their two trades they did make, they now have – they need to clear two spots on the 40-man roster. And obviously, Jock and Stripling would have cleared those spots, but Renhevo coming back would have taken one back up. And, and maybe – I mean, it's possible that one, I, I don't know the Angels 40-man roster, but maybe one of the prospects was the guy who's on the 40-man, and so the Dodgers wanted to switch that up to a guy who's not on the 40-man, maybe, you know, so, I mean, obviously, so many moving parts and how much the the Red Sox and Twins trades changed, I mean, that it, it's bound to change your calculus somehow. It's just kind of surprising that it changed it in a way that affected this trade when it, there's no obvious reason why it should have. Uh, some Angels fans responding like this is Artie Moreno. And I don't think this is an Artie Moreno thing. I think you're right. The dynamics of the trade changed the Dodgers roster makeup, which forces the, the Angels and Dodgers to have to reify the trade. And maybe they, maybe they didn't have it there. I don't think they're done. I, I, you didn't sit there and work out all these deals. for, And these are not two organizations that are 
are jerks in the front office and negotiate with our teams. They're, they're both, I think, pretty classy when it comes to trying to do the right thing. I have to think they're going to try and go back and talk about this for now. I mean, I don't see it. Yeah. I just don't see going in their way. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, and I, I think you're right as far as if this is a change because of moving parts, obviously that's on the Dodgers' side because the Dodgers are the only side that has had moving parts in the last four days or whatever. Um, but, you know, the Artie Marino thing, there's not many things I would put past Artie Marino when it comes to uh, being kind of a whiny crybaby. And so uh, I don't know how you feel about Artie Marino, but uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the way he uh, – I, I still go back to the Josh Hamilton thing, My the way he signed a, uh, <laughs> a drug addict and then – Acted like he was personally offended when the guy did drugs, you know, like, and then threw him under the bus. But yeah, but we, I, don't forget, Josh also made the call to leave a place where he knew uh, he was better off. You know, oh yeah, and, yeah but, dude. You know, there's I, personal I responsibility on both sides who, there. Yeah, but I think anybody who takes personal offense to another person's addiction is maybe thinking uh, the world revolves around himself a little bit too much. And we did get, you know, there were reports that Artem Marino was mad that. The Dodgers were letting their other trade hold up their trade with the Angels. So, you know, it could be a, maybe Artem Marino's taking his ball and going home. I, I, I uh, wouldn't rule that. I don't think it's the most likely possibility, but I definitely wouldn't rule it out. So what we saw was that Moreno was ticked that this is being held up, period. And I wouldn't blame him for that. I didn't see him have any kind of issue with the Dodgers with it at all. Well, I mean, yeah, being, I mean. This would be, the, this would be the Red Sox, dude. And only, yeah, well, for sure, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, though. Um, the logical approach would be to be mad at the Red Sox since it was their fault that was held up. Um, but again, I, I don't know that I'm willing to give Artie Marino that, that much benefit of the doubt to to be mad at the logical person to be mad at. I mean, come on, dude. This, this was six years ago, Jeff. <laughs> this is six years ago with Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. He, and six he years ago. Much to, uh, to change my opinion. So, I mean, I in know. fairness, we don't know what went on behind the scenes with him and Hamilton. We don't know what Hamilton told him. We don't know what Moreno... Um, told Hamilton. We don't know how those conversations went to why uh, Moreno took it personal. But we do yeah. know that in this situation right now, these teams have, despite the fact we're cross-town, I don't know, rivals? I mean, I don't... Use air not, if you're saying rivals. You, you heard the voice there. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't see this being some kind of thing where either team has got it in for the other, especially the front office. No. I, I look at the... I just think the, Dod- the Dodgers were put in a position where the Red Sox played a game, and I can't believe they got away with playing the game, by the way, um, and, and yeah. got more prospects out of the Dodgers than what they were prepared to send. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting, and it's not a good precedent. It's... Uh, I, I'm interested to see how this affects other teams' willingness to deal with the Red Sox uh, because, yeah, it, it was a garbage move they, they pulled um, because it's very transparent what actually happened. They agreed to a trade, and every one of their fans was mad about it, and so they made up a reason to, to renege on it, and that's, uh, that, that's not good business. Uh, I do think there's a chance that they might really regret it. I think Bruce Gratterall has a chance to be a really, really good pitcher, even if it's in relief. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not going to make comps to anybody, but uh, the, I think there's a decent chance that Gratterall ends up being a more valuable big leaguer than uh, Downs or Wong, who they got instead. So here you go. And um, I guess we can end on this. Uh, at John Heyman. Oh, I'm blocked. Uh, Tell me what Heyman said. Heyman said, oh, you're blocked? Great job. Um, Dodgers Angels deal was dependent on the original Dodgers Mookie trade, but the way the deal ended up, it was determined that part of the Angels part wasn't necessary. Huh. Ooh. So, Art Moreno wasn't pleased about the delay, according to sources. I'm glad not to be the one to break it to him. The deal isn't happening at all. So, Moreno didn't... didn't. This is a, The Dodgers walked away. So, maybe oh. it's... So, so maybe... Maybe the fact that the Dodgers ended up with Gratterall, maybe one of the prospects they were getting from the Angels was a Gratterall type, a, you know, a, a high-ceiling, high-risk reliever hard throwing reliever type you know but we got a couple so of maybe, those so yeah yeah so maybe gratterall filled that hole and yeah i mean 
again, you can't really blame them. It's it's not the same as what the Red Sox did, you know, because this is, well, we, unfortunately, we filled that hole elsewhere. And, you know, uh, I, I, I can understand why Marino or other people would be mad that the trade got held up. But the fact is, the Dodgers can't trade Jock Peterson until they know they have Mookie Betts, you know. And so that's uh it's all unfortunate that it went this way but yeah that's uh that's wild i have a feeling that 24 hours from now you and i are both going to know a lot more than we know right now and either it'll make sense or it'll make less sense than it does right now i mean my my guess is they're not done yet i don't think these guys are done talking the angels determined they wanted peterson and we'll, we'll see i don't i don't think they're done talking yet you never and know I they like may they, Huh? You know, Ross Stripling was a big part for the Angels. I mean, Ross Stripling is a bona fide yeah. starting pitcher. He's not, you know, he's not an ace, but he he's a former All Star starting pitcher. And you know, with the Angels starting pitching need, I don't know. I mean, if yeah, I was just I was just about to say, if anything, I think they might go back for Stripling. So. Yeah, well, I uh, I was texting with Ross Stripling yesterday. He was on our pack, podcast a month or so ago, and I was texting with them about it about this whole thing. And my last text to him, I said, I'm selfishly hoping this all ends up with you being teammates with Mookie and Dodger Blue, but I'm not sure how that would work. So uh, may- maybe I put this out there and maybe I made this happen, you know? <laughs> we'll find out. Well, hey, can you let folks know where to find you? Yeah. Locked on Dodgers uh, is the name of the podcast. You can find it anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, the podcast is on Twitter and Instagram, just at Locked on Dodgers. Easy to find. And I personally am on Twitter at Snydog, S-N-I-D-O-G. Well, Jeff, you never know. We might be back here talking in a few days all over again about another trade between the two teams. We'll see how it goes. In the meantime, I hope you have a great one and take it easy. Thanks, Derek. My Skype is always open. Thank you. All right, guys. So I guess that's it. Time for us to roll. If you have any comments for us, you can get us on Twitter. You can get us on get us on Facebook. You can get us. Hey, we've, we're visiting the AngelsWin.com forum. We visited there. We're hanging out a little bit in there. Uh, John's supposed to go there too. Eventually, I think like two months ago, we were both supposed to go. So, if you want to interact with us, you can always find us anywhere on social media. You can find Jared Tim's at Jared underscore Tim's. You can find Brock Davis at BD Rocks Eight at on Twitter there. John, Jake's Craig, John, and myself, DC Paul, can also find Hate Talking Halos at Talking Halos, and also the Facebook page has a group as well, Talking Halos Group. So, with all that in mind, we'll be back this week for more Angels information, more Angels talk, and maybe just maybe some trades will be done. For the entire team here, this is Derek C. Paul saying, We're out of here. Peace. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.